Welcome to the most savage podcast in the known universe. That's right. It's time once again for Savage Tales. I am the man with the awesome ACW tracksuit and one half of the tag team champions of podcasting, Rad Thrashley. And with me, as always, is the master debater himself, Johnny, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but when they come to Earth, they want to ride his penis gun. Also known as Elliot. <laughs> also known as Elliot Brimble, <laughs> the most stoned man in the history of the universe. Yeah, uh, sorry if I'm not as enthusiastic this week. I stupidly consumed some uh, special brownies earlier and I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, so... Uh... <laughs> He's feeling a bit I'm under the weather. <laughs> the magical brownie man is in magical brownie town. Not more, under the more weather. Sh- more, more midget jokes again today? No, no, no. <laughs> but I no. hear you've been a... Uh, that sounds awfully like Joe Gertner. Did you get any lessons of him in that intro? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I flew him in. <laughs> we we helicoptered, helicoptered him to his favourite... Um, Fish and Chip Emporium, and uh, I met right. him there. He gave me a few pointers. He he put the neck brace on me. Said, "Listen up, uh, thanks for that five grand." And then he rochambeaued me. So yeah, like yes, you know that, that wasn't money well spent. He's, he's he's probably retired on that five grand. He's like, he's the richest man in wrestling. He's halfway to being the richest man in wrestling by Australian I mean, it's wrestling money, scale. It's our, it's our sponsors' money, so yeah, we can just spend it on whatever we like. Yeah, true. I hope you don't mind. I bought Dusty Rhodes' black, big, fluffy jacket, the NWA one. Fine. Bought, bought that for myself. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, cool. And I, I brought Bam Bam's flame jacket, so. Yeah, cool. Did you get that, Um, did you get that, like, was it an authentic one, or did you get one of those, like, knockoffs ones from, like, NXT? Authentic. <laughs> Perfect. Why not? We've got all the money in the world right now. We're rich, yeah, because we've been discovered in the multiverse, right? Well, yeah, we'll still buy bootlegs. <laughs> always we will we'll, we'll be Support supporting the man. supporting the little man <laughs> yes very very much so so we're starting uh the the top of this podcast we're doing the watch along as always and that's coming our special guest is standing in the green room i'm being told by my gorgeous assistant bowser the dog um he's telling me that uh, uh you know do you know do you know who it is did they clear it with oh, you yeah yeah i know who it is i didn't know until he yeah, got here man yeah. Oh yeah, it's just wow. Woo. How'd you keep you that one under wraps? It, really? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 in my wildest dreams. Well, we yeah. made it happen. So yeah. I know so much right now. I got like, I, I, I got all the insider scoops on the government. <laughs> telling you, I know it all. Um, but uh, before before we bring our guest in here, of course, it's a weekly wrap up. It's our week of consuming the product in the fandom of wrestling. So, what have you been yeah. up to? I've pretty much been uh, watching all of uh, 96 ECW, um, making my way through all the, the years again, just giving them a good old watch. Um, this whole weekend, I've pretty much, I watched about four months worth, just uh, chucked it all on and just sat there and consumed <laughs> after a long week of work, something I was, I was looking forward to. So yeah, I got to see some, some great fucking shows. It's a really, really great period, I think. 420 hours of it, I hear. 
<laughs> Why not? <laughs> sure, it sure felt like it. But it's it's a real good year for uh for oh, Shane Douglas for what I'm watching really. Um, coming back from the WWF. Yeah. Coming Some back injury. And, uh, yeah. Well, whatever happened, you know, when he was Dean, the Dean Douglas. His back went out. Back. That's right. His back went out and he couldn't do a show and, and they, um, they were disappointed in him was kind of the gist of the story. Probably just an excuse to get him out, really. <laughs> Maybe it was know, mutual from really both sides. Him. Yeah. I mean, sometimes body burnout happens. Like, I, I think Shane, Shane's never seemed bitter about it when I've watched anything or no, listened no, to anything he's talked he's, about. He's, yeah. he's still quite eloquent. He's very, he's very clear-headed, I find. Yeah. In comparison to most DCW guys, when he's talking, he talks a lot of, of clarity. He's still very knowledgeable. Like, I mean, he can't really wrestle as good as he used to now. Like, <laughs> he's very, it's very slow now. That's to be expected. But his mind still is, he's still fucking all there. Like, he's still a good guy to listen to if you want to hear his opinion on things. Yeah, definitely. And he, he, he had a pretty decent podcast for a while. I think, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, some of it's still going, I think. Fuck yeah, I hope so. I still think it is. I've, I've seen it pop up. But, you know, some of the matches he's had in that period, this match was two called Scorpio. A matter of respect to win the, uh, the television title. You know, Douglas didn't want it because, you know, he felt like the belt was beneath him and he wants the heavyweight. But Scorpio's like, nah, come on, challenge me. <laughs> and they had just, had just had an amazing, amazing match. Mm. And um, Shane Douglas won with a... Well, he won with the belly to belly off the top rope, but to uh to start that off he he actually punched Scorpio in the gooch. <laughs> Perfect. Right right there on hard camera style, you see you see Douglas's fist come up and just punch him straight up in, in the gooch of the arsehole. I'm like, damn. That really had to have fucking hurt. <laughs> it was it wasn't a workflow blow at all. It's like a straight punch. But yeah, that was a that was a great match, and then he's had his matches with a uh, pitbull number two. Yeah, those those are some really good matches too. And it's gone through the uh, the storyline with uh, pitbull number one breaking his neck on the single arm DDT. Yes, and then um, when it got to like Ultimate Jeopardy, um, the second match um, when pitbull number one gets in the ring and Douglas grabs his neck halo and shakes him. Oh yeah, throws him to the ground. My fucking god! That... I was just thinking, like, I was literally envisioning it when you were telling me. It's yeah. so, it's so oh, wild. Fucking mental. <laughs> and the whole, 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 you know, the back runs out, runs, runs Douglas out of the building. The crowd are fucking. I think that's the first time I think the <laughs> the arena was actually shocked. I think, and they they were like, "Hang on, what did we just see?" <laughs> <laughs> Such yeah. a, oh, yeah, but then, you know, and Todd, Todd and Heyman in the ring fucking attacking Gertner. Gertner's still trying to announce Douglas as the winner <laughs> while everyone's freaking out. And then Todd Gordon's like, you know, beating on him. And then he does it the second time. Then Heyman just runs out of nowhere, <laughs> just takes out Gertner. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's been great. It's been some great shit, especially for tag teams, too. And I'll bring that up a bit later, actually. Yeah, I'll perfect. Ask, I'll ask you about some tag teams. Yeah, that's right. that sounds really good. I was just gonna say that '96 period was just fire for them. I think we talked about it on an earlier yeah. podcast, and if not, we were talking about it recently. That that '96 period is maybe 
it's it's a very rich in roster, but it's like a very transitional phase. But it's super rich in those storylines and yeah. everything sort of that comes in and out. Most, or well, not everything, but most things have a great a great rhythm to them. And like Heyman's yeah, just Ray, popping Ray the crowd. Sandman story, yeah. Oh, major major one of yeah. that too. Yeah, can see we can really t- see Heyman's mind yeah. working in these episodes, especially even with all the promos. And you Towards can, the end, you can just you can see why ninety seven rolled around and a quarter of his roster was in the major companies at the time. Because yeah. <laughs> he did, <laughs> he did, did such a good yeah. job of working with them, and they did such a good job of getting themselves over with yeah, with what they had. Just phenomenal all around. We can say yeah. that about any year of ECW. Really, it's true. Um, <laughs> speaking of, been watching. Yeah, I was going to say. Speaking of that, I say, I've actually. been talking too much. No, you've been you've been talking uh, perfectly, my friend. Eloquent, eloquently, right. Right. beautiful. The paranoia's wearing off. Then. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and that purple haze seems to be settling down a little. Um, so yeah, it's funny because I was watching the '97 uh, Nitro. Like a few, I watched a few just just this week. I didn't really right. feel like checking anything else out. Nothing really blew my skirt up, so to speak. Nothing in the '80s. Um, I, I have been watching stuff in the 80s as well, and uh, we'll get to that in one just thought, second. Just thought I'd check. Oh, you, you, you just want me to talk about uh, something forever, um, and we'll get to that in one second. But um, yeah, I was watching that 97 uh, run of Nitro with the, you know, and like Stevie's there, and he's wrestling, he wrestles like Macho Man and uh, Dallas, and every time he loses, Raven sort of jumps out of the audience and like beats him up, and he's all disgusted, like slaps him, DDTs him and stuff. Um, and then Stevie just fucking vanishes because um, I can't even remember. I, I want to say it was like a wellness policy or so- something like that, and then he just ends up straight back in ECW. That was but, only for not long either, was it? It was a brief. Yeah, it was a brief, like a month. And then he went to month. the Indies, didn't he? He went to the Indies for a little while, and then he then he appeared in in WWF, I think. Oh, that's later. Was that later? Yeah, he came to WWF much later. Like he pretty much went to WCW and it was straight back. And he did this kind of Stevie superstar gimmick. That's right. Like, Glasses on and hair. Tied yeah, back yeah, in suits. yeah. He's yeah. even bigger douche than ever. But like whatever they were building <laughs> to with the Raven stuff was cool. And then WCW kind of just doubled down on 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 Raven, so it's like really cool era. And like I know you haven't watched a lot of Nitro, so I think we should watch. I think we should watch some like some Nitro in the future. Yeah, all right, let's do it. We should check it out because I think you'll mark out for a lot of the the wrestling yeah. still holds up. I mean, I I see you know I, I see clips of, you know of all, everything that's been in, gone on in WCW, but yeah, I never really watched. Yeah, never watched it hardcore like I did with. With WWF when I was younger. Yeah. Well, speaking I of watching, really catch much, but yeah. The WWF. Speaking of that, watching it hardcore, I got to my favorite period of 1985, um, WWF, and it it gets hot and it gets so hot, it gets so hot, it gets juicy. Ah. Of course, I'm talking about that soft spoken. <laughs> well, it's me, little Terry Funk. <laughs> uh, his first promo it, um, airs on the WWF and um, got Lord Alfred Hayes he brings it in you know Wrestling Bulletin presents I'm Lord Alfred Hayes you know <laughs> and then uh, it cuts to Terry Funk and it's got the dun, 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 kind of like typical rodeo music and uh, he jumps off his horse there 
And if you haven't seen this promo, look it up. Look up Terry Funk's Juicy promo, his WWF debut. And um, he tells this wonderful story about how he he doesn't have cable television, so he can't watch the WWF. And he, he rides over to his neighbor's house who watches the wrestling because you know, he's too much of a cowboy to check it out. And he like he asks his neighbor and he goes, well, so I asked my neighbor, I'm like, well, how big are Jimmy Snooker's arms? And he goes, well, they're bigger than yours. I'm like, yeah, well, how big are Roddy Piper's arms? Oh, well, they're bigger than yours. Well, uh, how big are uh, Paul Alder or Mr. Wonderful's arms? Well, well, they're bigger than yours. Well, what about Hulk Hogan's arms? Oh, well, they're much, much bigger than yours. Yeah, well, that gets me mad because what I got is a double XL. I got a heart. And when I think about all those muscles, I get hot. When I get hot, I get mad. When I get mad, I get so mad. I get, I'm juicy. And he's like spitting every, oh my God, it's amazing. And then his debut, he, He's in his full Texas outfit and the poor ring guy's trying to take his chaps and his fucking, his, his jacket and, you know, everything. And then uh, he gives the guy the hat and he's like, oh, shit. And he's got like another, another bunch of chaps coming now. Fuck, fuck. And Terry hands him to him and the guy's like really selling like he's panicking. He's oh, shit. And he looks at the hat. And he looks at Terry. And he puts a hat on his head and then he starts grabbing the pants and doesn't realize that Terry's like, you son of a bitch. You never wear a Texas man's hat. And he's just gone berserk. He just grabs the dude and drags him over the top rope. He just belting the shit out of him. And then his opponent attacks Terry. And Terry just wants the fuck out of his opponent, throws him out of the ring, beats the living bejeebus out of him. Oh, don't touch a man's hat. You wear a man's hat from Texas. My hat now. Yeah, totally Danny McBride, my hat now. Um, like, that's just all time. That's one of my favorite things in all of wrestling is that just that Terry Funk, he does unfucking, he just does unjuicy. It's the best. And then uh, his debut in the WWF is just so perfect. Like, it's so Terry Funk. The what yeah. an absurd <laughs> thing to get mad at. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then what a, like, man, he's a real fucking cowboy. I don't fuck with a cowboy's hat. The man will kill you. We're talking to, to, talking to not fucking with a, um, the. Hey, what's uh, I think that's our special guest coming. Is that yeah, uh, a little security yeah, yeah. here today? Is that our special guest coming out here? Yeah. Well, let me let me tell you this. Are you re- are you ready for the special guest? <clears throat> yeah, come. <laughs> oh, come, McElliot. come and sit down. Yeah, well, it's good to be here. Yeah, you know I flew on a long way from Minnesota. Let me tell you Listen something, you, Governor. Yeah, it's about time I got some goddamn respect on this podcast. <laughs> you yeah, sexual tyrannosaur, you. Well, I'll tell you what, as a sexual tyrannosaur, this, you know, all American Jesse the body, Jesse the body. Okay, give me a second. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesse the body, all American. <laughs> Let me tell you something. What say you to this? What say you to this? Okay. Yeah. Well, this podcast is run by a couple of goddamn sexual tyrannosaurs, just like me, all American Jesse the body venture. And if you're watching along at home, in the great state that I governed of Minnesota, you're going to watch yeah. episode of ECW Extreme Minnesotan Beer Drinking Championship Wrestling McMahon. What say that to Jack Tunney? Get McMahon, excited now, we? Jesse, come Elliot. on. Yeah, come on. Okay, so... <laughs> Fuck, you nearly made me do Arnold Schwarzenegger. You've ruined it. You've ruined it. Look at Jesse. He stormed off the set. Jesse, nah, come uh, on. He's come gone. On. Nah, come, come back. No. Jesse. Jesse, I got Minnesotan beer mate. for you. I got Minnesotan beer for you. The Arnie look. ain't coming back, Jesse. Yeah, yeah, Arnie doesn't have arms like you, Jesse. 
oh, oh, well, let me tell you this. We're going we're gonna to count it right. On the body. On the body. Three, two, one. The body. body. Okay, he's definitely gone now. See you, yeah, Jesse. Weird, weird cat. Bye, Jesse. Oh, man, we <laughs> fucked up hard then with him. He ain't coming yeah. back. You don't reckon? Man, who, who, who can we get? The stream has frozen. My stream Man. has frozen. At this point. Wait, what do you want? Can I just do a count before we do what? Uh, 16, 17, 18, 19. I'm on 25, bro. 25? Jesus. Okay, hang on. Can I'm you pause? I'm on 28, yeah. Uh, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, and eight. Man. All right, Raven's walking around with the title. He's jumping up on the, the top rope. Yeah. Top rope. If you're watching along at home, I am See. turning the volume up so we can have some ambient background Noise and music for our fantastic podcast, which you millions are now tuning in for. See, we're not we're not getting Jesse back because we just totally fucked up. You know, this, you know your stream pause. Just to, fuck the flow up. Just have to get Arnie back. Now, what, oh, I don't know what it's going mean, to take. Maybe it could be someone else there. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to raise someone from the dead. Well, I did just get that Waluigi board in the mail. Okay. So right. you know, I that... have the perfect. I have the perfect person. Yeah, we just have to buy a bag of cocaine. Oh, okay, and, and sprinkle it on the Waluigi board. Yeah, and for sure, I think for sure we might get. We may even get a, like a few other guys. <laughs> I think um, it could be a lot of fun. And we always need to focus on a point in time as well. I think from when we want to get someone back. So I'd say you know, you know, Great American Bash. Oh yeah, nineteen eighty-nine, maybe. Yeah, like, I year? think is that the correct year? I, I hope so. I hope that, that we want we want that we want that we want that kind of rowdiness. So yeah, if you're clued in in our large listener group to what we're talking about, that is the secret question of the week. Yeah, what the fuck are we talking about? Which which special guest will arrive we'll, after we sprinkle cocaine on the Waluigi board? And yeah, and... We'll, we'll, we'll put that. We'll put it up on the story on on the Instagram. Yes, we'll put two two of those arms together and say who who are we uh, conjuring for for next next week? We'll use yeah. some of uh, Mark Williamson's um, regeneration juice. Yeah, the reanima agent, the claws own brand yeah. of reanima agent. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Perfect. Um, so, you can, so listeners, you can you can see our uh, our sponsorship money is going to good use. Well, we just yeah. lost one of us. Yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, speaking yeah. of here, you, oh, you were, really? yeah, you, your um, weekly one, two, three lost its sponsor oh, for some right. reason. Was it the short jokes we were making last week? I I, I couldn't tell you, man. I'm, it probably I'm, would probably is to be honest. Yeah, dude. Sorry. Were, Look, uh, my knowledge on this is knee high to a grasshopper, you know. Like, I, yeah. I just can't tell you. Like, I just don't know. Really, it's a slow hanging fruit, on it really? Yeah, I think you know it's a sad day for the podcast. <laughs> but we are definitely moving forward to the non-sponsored weekly one, two, three. Elliot's okay. weekly albums. All right, we're doing this now, are we? Yeah, early, early one, two, three. Let's get it in. Catching me off guard here. All right, coming in at oh well. <laughs> See, look at that. Look at the timing. 
You always lose it okay. on the on the when the ECW this intro is... plays. You just lose it. It's like a dude seeing a giant set of boobs or something. You just like, blah, 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 blah. I was waiting for you to uh, say number one, but I I, <laughs> okay. I, I I timed it to the the intro music. Are right, you ready? <laughs> and number yeah. one. So that's White Zombie and Astro Creep 2000. I'm sure you're not surprised. No. Why I've been all. listening to that album this past week. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we definitely talked about it on the Just podcast the, last yeah, week. The brief, the brief mentions of White Zombie. Um, yeah, I haven't listened. I haven't, I haven't given it a jam in a while. Um, figured I'd put it on, just play it, and just like, yeah, this is a really fucking good album. <laughs> Been getting you through the week. Yeah, it has. And so then, what is number two? Uh, that's Primus and Ooh. Suck on This. <laughs> so, this is sort of their uh, first album, not their first studio, but it was a live album, and it was pretty much recorded. I think, I think over two gigs back when they first started. I think they're only together for about two months at this point. Yeah. So they they'd already got these tracks together, you know, like the classic tracks of like Tommy the Cat and Groundhog Day and John the Fisherman and shit like that. They're all on there, and they'll be on future albums. But yeah, I've just been listening to that. Just little the little, little different intricacies in the songs and everything like that. There's a few other odd tracks on there as well called the Heckler, which is quite an underrated track which they didn't release re-release until 99 you know, about 10 years later as a hidden track on another album so yeah, it's just good to listen to their like with most bands really it's good to hear where they started up so yeah that one's been getting quite a lot of plays too so hell yeah that sounds like a bit of a gem actually mm-hmm. which leaves only one final number no 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 number three this would be a uh, Thrashstone classic. Ooh, I love Thrashstone classics. And we should talk Thrashstone memories later. Definitely. And coming in at number three is Slayer and Hello Waits. Nice. I think I really need to explain myself when I talk about Slayer. Yes, you do. You fully explain <laughs> your love of Slayer. I have no, no idea or conception of this at all. Uh, yeah, I've loved them since I could, since I first heard them on, uh, Vice City, <laughs> hearing our raining blood on a what's the V Rock? So yeah, Hello Waits always it's always a good one for me. It's just the still has the the rawness to it. Sort of the I would say the bad production, but it's it's more more low end than how they became after Raining Blood. It just still has that. It's hard to explain. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. When it comes to like old school thrash, it just has that raw, raw sound to it. Hundred percent. Yeah. So those, yeah, that album and Show No Mercy, the, the top, my top two Slayer albums, no doubt. Just, just for, just for that rawness. But yeah. So yeah, that's the weekly one, two, three for this week. That's a phenomenal weekly one, two, three, and. Uh... <laughs> The little Spike Dudley is currently coming out on our watch along to destroy ECW's biggest legend and least used character. PN News. PN News. He just caught a Philly Sucks promo. He slammed little Spike Dudley and he's gone for a a Philadelphia Sucks twist off the top rope, copped a boot. I believe he's getting kicked in the balls. No rules in ECW, mind you, for an acid drop. And Elliot's weekly one, two, three. Is brought to you by Magical Brownies and Little Spike Dudley. So what a there, great, there, yeah, there you go. Great. What a what a wrap up. 
just that was, great, uh, that was fantastic. Um, we'll, never get, we'll never do it that good again. Yeah, that's it. We peaked, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, sign up for the newsletter. We'll let you know in a couple of months when we hit the groove again. Save your save your pennies. Stop yeah, donating to listens. our own. Yeah, stop donating to our OnlyFans um, sponsors. Like, if you're listening, like, it's good good time to sponsor us. And speaking of sponsors that you couldn't get because you couldn't secure anything for your own podcast, I actually, I actually, um, I was, um, you know, I was coming through my my index and uh, I yeah. saw an old contact and I was like, well, you know, I wonder if they're they're still in the fried chicken business. And uh, oh, I gave them okay. a little a little call, and I said, you know, I got this podcast. You know, I told him, you know, who you were, and I told him who I was. Um, no, I'm kidding. I didn't tell him who you were. You know, he already knew. <laughs> of um, so yeah. Um, oh, you know who I'm talking about? Fantastic. Anyway, look, without beating around the bush, uh, this this is a new segment, right? And um, it it may or may not fly. I don't know people at home, let me know. It's the random fact of the week. And this week okay. is it's brought to you by <clears throat> Giant Coyotes Rib and Fried Chicken Shack. That's right, S H A Q, because we put the boom shaka laka in fried chicken and ribs. Come down on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We'll give you a half rack of ribs with poppin' chicken nuggets and curly fries. Come in on a Tuesday, and we'll give you an all-you-can-eat buffet: ribs, fries. We got it all. Bring the kids, chicken parmesanas. It's it's all going down, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Giant coyotes, lay them in, bro. Ribs and fried chicken shack. Hey, hey, how's that? They paid big figures. So you get like a, a basket of bread boomsticks. You get a basket a basket of bread boomsticks, which I want you to say awesome. three times fast right now. Bread boomsticks. Basket bread. of bread. No, 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 basket three times. Nah. Basket of bread boomsticks three times. Nah. Go, let's Go. not do it. Let's, let's not. do it. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, All right, ready. <laughs> Basket of bread broomsticks, basket of bread broomsticks, basket of bread broomsticks. Okay, you got it, two of them. Your first one, you said broomsticks. <laughs> Fuck. What about, uh, what about the uh, sweet Jesus fucking potato fries? The sweet Jesus potato fries. Um, yeah, were, but you have to, yeah. when you order, you have to go there. The, oh, sweet Jesus! The, yeah, those, those were pretty good, actually. And you get 35% off if you say, oh, sweet Jesus. Um, when, I mean, when you're you going to be saying that when you eat them because they're that good. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're a fantastic sponsor. I'm so glad we could pick them up. Yeah, same. Yeah. So if you guys are ever in Queensland, that's right. Go down to John and Coyote's Rooms and Fried Chicken Shack. Um, they've got a NBA Jam machine in the corner for the kids. Oh, slam yeah. and jam time. Oh, slam and jam time. Fuck. We ready to rock and roll or what? <laughs> oh fuck me! Okay, so yeah, um, but they they sponsored the, the weekly word association, which I nearly forgot about, and then we would have been horrible podcast. Wasn't it the fact of the week? Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. See, I'm getting ahead of myself now. You thrown me off. This is just <laughs> what have I done? I'm just I'm just telling you. You eat one magic brownie. You eat one magic brownie, and you just throw me off. I mean, like. This is ridiculous. Okay, okay, so the random I'm fact of the that. week, <laughs> sponsored by Giant Coyotes River Fried Chicken Shack, is soap is not a lubricant. Not only a lubricant. Sorry, let me do that again. Okay, can we <laughs> can we cut that? Yeah, cut it. Good, thanks, man. Okay, soap is not only a lubricant; it also cleans you. Fucking hell! <laughs> hey, we did it. Yeah, they're going to come back and sponsor us again. Yeah, facts like that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, I, I tell you what, man, I've definitely got a, a weekly word association segment coming up a little later. Yeah, but I'd like to comment right now about sure. your Shahira Tajiri, um, oh, yeah. who's, who's wrestling super crazy. I immediately think of, have you seen your Shahira Tajiri in the, do, do the deathmatch stuff in Japan in the beginning of his career? Uh, no, not but at all. I, I, I got the crocodile deathmatch with him in it and was like pretty pretty underwhelmed uh, is, do i have that dvd i think i left something like that with you when i moved yeah i think i ha- i think i have that dvd yeah i was slightly sure, underwhelmed but... by that you should check that out it's actually pretty funny yeah, all they, right. they they have like a like a tiny little baby gator and like such a silly silly <laughs> shit it's so funny when they were doing those weird death match gimmicks yeah, but they just have a cage of scorpions or something in the corner. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Or like a drill with a huge piece of like blunt mirror on it or something. It like has like a hundred spikes. <laughs> I love that era of crazy deathmatch wrestling. You know, before it went, it, before it became just doing constant spots and too much yeah. of the glass and the nonsensical stuff that I'm just yeah. kind of not a big fan of. Yeah. Lost, it, lost its mitt. <laughs> if it had bit rain, you know what I'm saying. I feel like I feel like we've talked about it enough that I know yeah. what I'm saying. Which yeah. is, I think there was that period where hardcore wrestling became very popular, and then backyard wrestling affected how hardcore wrestling or what hardcore wrestling became within the realm of let's say wrestling is an art for the argument's sake of this of, of this segment here. Yeah. Um, I believe that like hardcore sort of blended into backyard and so you have that hardcore tends to lean on that backyard no logic side of wrestling and yeah. i'm not saying there's not hardcore wrestlers that that don't use logic or don't build the cool stuff or don't do the you know they have the glass pane set up for a whole, whole match and then they hit it when you least expect it kind of i'm not saying those people don't exist yeah um but they're few and far in between mm-hmm yeah. And so, yeah, like, that. Still for the sake of it now, it's just like, how, how, how much shit can we get in this match? Well, it, ruin, it ruins everything else in the future because everyone else has already done the same spot already. Yep. And also, like, I, th- I think my main point of the, ha- the way hardcore wrestling evolved is, like, when I was watching wrestling in that prominent period, like, ECW, they still had territory style kind of logic, but there was the, the rules were kind of out the window a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they had all that really cool, like '90s style grungy, shock rock esque kind of stories, like they're recapping here at the house party '96. Mm-hmm. You know, and they made wrestling real, but it was still they had crazy characters that were yeah. un- unreal. Mm-hmm. Real, you believe that they could be real, but you, they were unreal. You know? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so that backyard stuff became quite popular and then sort of deathmatch wrestling really took off. And then you had those big deathmatch tournaments in, in the later 90s or early 1000s in that, yeah. that era. You had lots of guys kind of emulating that doing backyard wrestling because, oh, I can hit my friends with this stuff. And then that sort of just moved into the business of wrestling uh, in the States a little bit. Mm-hmm. And a Japanese deathmatch, they just literally do normal wrestling matches in, in glass. And there's documentaries on how they train in the glass and take bumps in the glass all the time. Like they're all covered in a ridiculous amount of scars. So like deathmatch just went like in Japan, it makes sense though. Cause it's like in big Japan, it seems like all the general 
story is deathmatch happened for so long that they just trained within that that environment. Yeah. They were taking the bumps on all the light tubes and using them as training, and their bodies just become you know, granite-like with scars, yeah. which is literally what's happening over there yeah. uh, for a lot of those guys <laughs> that are kind of it, sure. evolving it. Because, like, that's one thing that I've <clears throat> that's one thing that I've always loved about Japanese wrestling is the way that they take something and slowly evolve it. Like most guys start as a young boy, they have basic gear, they do something for a while, and then they something wakens them. You know, like the, the, the they get the lion spirit or the burning spirit or you know whatever cool thing happens, and like you know, like Suzuki like was a young boy, and then he evolved into this uh, yakuza style character. Yeah, and like they really love that, and so like that's kind of Japanese deathmatch. I almost get why it's that style because of that, but at the same time, I see everything else, and I'm just like I'm not feeling it. Like, no. I, it's not that I don't respect it or like, I don't be like, I'm not like, wow, fuck, that's dangerous. I can't believe you survived that. <laughs> like, I wouldn't ever take a shit on anybody that does any kind of wrestling, even if it's crazy or it's not quite my cup of tea because wrestling is super dangerous already. And if you're adding extra danger to it, you have my respect if that's you know, what you want to do. I'm not mm. going to like disrespect you. I'll probably like fucking myself personally have a little giggle because that's me personally, but it shouldn't affect someone else's world or what they do. That's ridiculous. I, 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 I copped a bit of shit for fucking having that death match. Well, there we go. Yeah. But we had that show, and it was yeah. uh, it was an inner city kind of hipster show before those were a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like blood rock and wrestling, and we had the, the crazy rock and roll band, and fucking, you know, the, the theme of the show was to have... Uh, kind of bloody matches. And that was like, I gave it that Jim Rhodes freak show. We had a cosplay death match. <laughs> Do you remember that? Vaguely. <laughs> so Lara Croft took on Chun Li. Right. Yeah. And um, they just had a, like, they just had a, a classic, like ECW style brawl. We had mm-hmm. Shadow Phoenix from Osaka, uh, from Osaka. So former Melissa Logo versus um, who became Australian suicide on that card. And he did a he did a fucking four fifty off the guardrail <laughs> into the crowd. Oh, that was a wild show. And then we yeah. had a four corners of hell death match. I made those insane cactuses, and I literally yeah. <laughs> filled flower pots with glo- like light tubes and sprayed them green and stuck fucking yellow thumbtacks on them. And there was mouse traps and barbed wire. What was the other one? Thumbtacks, thumbtacks, mousetraps, bulb wire, and the cacti- the glass cactus. It was the four corners of hell match. Yeah. That was a fantastic, yeah, fantastic match. You guys <laughs> went crazy with it. But, like, I, I believe we did some, some crappy stuff on the show that was a bit cringeworthy that, that should go unnamed. And we had, we, we just gave it that. It was, just, you know, it was just rock and roll wrestling, is what it was. Yeah, it was yeah. a fun show. Looking back through the lens of time, I can say that I wouldn't. It wouldn't appeal to my sensibilities to run it anymore, but back then it was fucking a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this. There was a camera crew there filming a documentary that never got released. And not only that, (laughs) all the footage got taken by the camera guy from that show. He tried to hold us up for like an insane amount of money to edit the show together. And then we were like, okay, well, can we get our footage? And he said no. And I'm pretty sure he ended up taking the cameras that Christian bought. So, like, we got totally 
like we got totally <laughs> jacked and we were so young it was such a you know such a early forte into the entrepreneurial business of, of the business yeah. so I made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot of lessons wish I could watch that match back it's all it is all just a fucking memory to me now but yeah I wish I could. I mean even I think the show was cursed in itself because um because Sarah, you know, was taking photos the whole show, and her fucking, she lost the photos to most of that, to some of that show as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, something fishy <laughs> going on. <laughs> it was the best show ever. If you're yeah. this, this is yeah. the greatest. Like, there was a seventeen was. out of five star death match, a twenty eight point three star out of one star. Uh, Shadow Phoenix match, the best match of his entire career against Broderick. <laughs> the the protege, the boy, the boy yeah. I discovered and take full credit for discovering. No, he yeah. discovered. Fuck, I'm joking. <laughs> he discovered himself. That guy. He fucking put full tickets on himself and fucked right off out of this country and went went somewhere where he could actually make a semi living or a little bit of a career out of being a pro wrestler instead yep. of staying here. Congratulations to him for getting off the island. Yeah, I mean he's been—he's probably been doing it the lot, like doing that for himself the longest, don't you think? Like Dingo, then him. Dingo, yeah. Dingo, then him. Yeah, yeah. Dingo was another guy. He, well, like I remember seeing him. Not I didn't personally see him, but when I met the guy who ultimately we broke into business together, uh, when when I met Mister Dan Damage. Uh, he was doing a kind of like a, a lost Mexican kind of El Kamikaze was his name, <laughs> and it was like like so he's 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 Japanese Mexican no he's a lost Mexican it was like like and we were like and they teamed us as a tag team as the odd couple and I was the punk with the big fluoro pink mohawk and the Baltimore Mahoney ripped pants and like <laughs> the punk rock shirt and all the patches and he was the fucking Mexican who also wear like wore like Fubu and like flea mart tracksuits and shit like that. It's so um, easy to pick up at the market too. Yeah, yeah. So we we totally nailed that shit. They put the straps on us way too early. We were so green, um, you know, only to get like things like you're the tag champs. Why aren't you doing this and that? And you're like, well, you, you didn't tell me to do that. You just we're wrestling or on fucking tour all of a sudden. Like it was like that was like I was like 19, and like I thought I knew a lot walking into the business. I had that whole Dunning Kruger thing, and that really just shocked yeah. me to my core. And you know, I started trying to learn as much as I could each each time, go out there and do do what I'd been taught and, and just try to get better like like everyone mm-hmm. does in the business. Yeah. Obviously. It's not a very fucking unique story. Sorry about that. <laughs> um well you talk about uh, tag teams, that actually brings up a Oh, there we subject go. I wanted to bring up with you actually. So my so some of my answers will probably be a little bit biased at the minute because I'm watching ninety six ECW. Oh but, yes, um, the ECW tag, tag teams. teams, tag teams, like us. We're a tag team of podcasts. We're podcasting exactly. tag team champions. I, I'm challenging other <laughs> podcasts to to come at us, bro. We'll throw down. Sure, bring it, come bring it. If you got a podcast and it's 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 better than ours, and it gets more than fourteen thousand listens, we'll 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 have our people talk to your people. Yeah. So like for my, I've been so eliminators for me. Are yeah. Probably my favourite from this era, but I you know watching them more now, I'd probably say they're 
They don't get brought up as much as they should. They were just fucking intimidating as fuck. Just Perry Saturn, the size, you know, he's what, like five foot ten maybe, but he's fucking jacked as fuck. He looked like a slightly shorter, more unhinged Rick Rude to me. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. And fucking Cronus as well, just how intimidating he would look too, but then he'd break out into some fucking giggle or laugh, like, you know, he was just crazy. And just how John Cronus was terrifying. Was yeah. John Cronus was terrifying <laughs> and a freak athlete at his size to do yeah. fucking those insane. handspring, rolling, backflip elbows and just the, the high flying and that those guys were doing. Jesus Christ. And the total elimination. Probably my favorite, my favorite tag team yeah. finisher ever, I think. <laughs> One of the most iconic. Fucking brutal. <laughs> like, no matter, you know, no matter who took it, really, it just looks fucking crazy. Like, when Gertner took it at Bailey Legal, oh, like, just looked like he just took his head off. And that's pretty sure that's when he introduced the, the neck brace, wasn't it? I've, man, I don't know. I I'll take remember. your word for I'm, it. I'm getting, I'm I'll take up, your hazy. I'm getting, I'm getting up to that part, so <laughs> I'm we'll know next week whether whether you <laughs> yeah. were right or not. I'm pretty sure, yeah, he just he just wore the neck brace ever since after he got that total elimination. But, <laughs> but yeah, and like then that's... he got his face burnt, and he had the face mask for ages too. Yeah. <laughs> but like in all this stuff too, like the eliminators are having matches with the gangsters, New Jack and Mustafa, like. Even those two together, they're both intimidating as well. Even Mustafa, Mustafa and Cronus are probably just as scary. Like, I can't, I can't describe Mustafa. Like, he's just, he's just that he would seem, he would seem to be that. If you'd see him late at night talking to himself, he'd be like, okay, I'm gonna leave this guy alone. I'm not gonna make eye contact with this guy. <laughs> he's just, he has that weirdness about him, and just his, his laugh. He has a laugh too. You know, New Jack's the the guy that's firing all the yeah, thing. and then Mustafa's just there going <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they do all that know. weird shit. Yeah, with that too, I don't know which was more scary when Mustafa talks when he's got all that crazy intensity when they were really when when they first kind of <laughs> came in, or yeah. whatever happened and he sort of just started giggling and acting like like a lunatic. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's just them two fighting each other, and then you've got. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd rather not mention them, but you got the Samoan Gangster Party. They sort of came in <laughs> for two shows. <laughs> do they? Do they? Is that when they run? Is that them that runs New Jack and that over? Do they run uh, over or try to? Is that they? That, they that? Yeah, they pull up in the car. Yeah, they're okay. And they fly and them jump down the street. Yeah, yeah that was just before. Um, I think it was just after Heat Wave. I think <laughs> in '96. But yeah, I mean, I said less about them the better. But I think yeah. that, you know they tried with them, but they failed. Everyone in the arena is just chanting "You fat fuck" at them the whole match. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and then yeah, the Dudleys, of course. Like, I mean, that would go for all time for me, really. All time ECW would be Dudleys, no matter what incarnation. Just all... a great, a great, great backstory for them. Just a great mystique about them when they started off as the group, and then of course they just evolved more and more and became what, what they became. I mean, I'm sure Dudley's would be number one for you, right? Yeah, Dudley's definitely number one. My yeah. favourite tag team to watch yeah. in ECW. Probably followed by Eliminators. Um, yeah. Nice. Can- <laughs> Candino uh, and uh, Storm. 
Oh yeah. Um, and then I like Just Incredible and Storm a lot. Nice. That that incarnation. Then um, man, there's so many great tag teams. When oh, I, Sabu. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> them in a second. I was gonna close with them because that's oh, yeah. my that's my real tie for like between yeah. the Dudleys and them because right. the Dudleys are all time greatest tag team of ECW. Mm-hmm. But then. That heat wave match with RVD and Sabu against um, Hakushi and Hayabusa. Uh, yeah. Jusei Shinzaki and uh, Hayabusa. That match was just always cemented. And that moved the Firestorm. Um, we, I used to do that move with Dan. Yeah. He'd do the leg drop and I'd do the splash. <laughs> so uh, actually, even, even, even talking about Sabu, Sabu RVD, I watched. Uh... November to remember '96 last night, mm. and that had uh, RVD Sabu versus the Eliminators, and then the winner of that match would go on to fight the Gangsters for the tag team belt later on in the night. And yes, uh, so yeah, yes. that match went to the time limit draw. The uh, the crowd are chanting three what like three way dance, three way dance. Todd Gordon comes out, he's like, "We'll give you five more minutes." They run through <laughs> that five minutes again. Todd goes another five. Runs through that five, and then Todd's like, "Okay, three-way dance later tonight." And it's just like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so, yeah, gangsters, eliminators, RVD, and Sabu in a fucking three-way Incre- dance. Incredible Fuck. booking. <laughs> yeah, incredible booking. So good. You never see any booking like that anymore, would you? Really? <laughs> you, there might be sprinkles of it left, but yeah, it's, yeah. People aren't. I don't, I don't know why, but like the people at the top and a lot of the places, they're just not treating the wrestling like it's special anymore. Mm. And I think yeah. a lot of the, uh, some of that lies on the talent. Some of that lies on the, the, the business as it is. I think it's a little stale. It needs, it needs to be shook up a little bit. Sure. Yeah. It needs a little yeah. bit of a change. What is being sold right now to me in wrestling? Um, it's not, it doesn't feel like that old school style of wrestling anymore kind of exists when there was those big characters and those big stories in wrestling and by that I mean I wanted to talk about like wrestlers like in you know I'm watching this 80s era and like you have those crazy wrestlers like George the Animal Steel come in and like this is the Mad Dog for Sean's and there's the missing link and wrestling felt more dangerous because of these characters like my favorite of all time, Bruiser Brody, he barely wins any of his matches. He always go, gets too crazy, gets too carried away. The matches become scrappy and brawly and, and guys lose themselves in them and they're stabbing each other with broken bits of chairs and a hundred wrestlers and security and cops are trying to stop them. And, you know, it's always wild, wild stuff. Yeah. Um, there's no real measuring stick for that anymore. Like there's very few people that kind of choose to do that. Mm. Well, there's none really that I, I, I can see. Like, and we're kind of missing the managers in yeah. wrestling to, to make that work. But, you know, like when you had those, un- think about like what made Mortis popular, right? He was just this unhinged Mortal Kombat character that just seemed like um, the Sinister Minister had just bought him from another realm and he was like, fight for me, you know, like, yeah. Like, even that kind of stuff, it's really just missing. We don't, we don't really have that kind of character gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know. And speak, speaking of this, um, what are some of your favorite wrestling gimmicks? Like those big, large, you know. What, what, you know? I always give people this example of like wrestlers get jacked; they all get muscly. But if you got get an an average 
wrestling, uh, like person who doesn't really know wrestling, like, oh, what does a wrestler look like? It's always a guy in his trunks that looks like a bit of a middle-aged man with like big muscly chest and a beer belly or something. Yeah. Like it's always <laughs> that kind of wrestler that looks like a cross between Hogan and Bundy. Yeah. You know, all the wrestlers want to be jacked like, you know, 0% body fat fucking Adonises or something. Um, but like in most people's heads, they're like, you know, this kind of slovenly like dudes that look like they pick up their kids from school, have a couple of beers and then beat up all the cops and drive home. Yeah. You know, that's what people usually think wrestlers look like. And like, that's what I mean. Like, what's your favorite kind of wrestling characters? Do you have any you just bring to mind? I mean, watching WWF, I was always fascinated by Kane. Oh, right. Just when he wouldn't, just the, like after, you know, he was still my, one of my favorites, but I always liked the, the mystique about him when he didn't talk. And just, you know, but he was, I don't know, it's just the look of him. I always liked shit that was scary when I was younger. I liked scaring myself. That's so right. So it's a bit, you know, I'd always, I'd always be a little bit curious about something if I was scared. I'd always end up freaking out. But <laughs> not that not that Kane scared me. I remember I remember actually seeing Viscera, Viscera once and he fucking terrified me one time. Don't know what it was. Just the, <laughs> just the one one day when I just saw him, I just fucking I, I started crying. I think. <laughs> Did he just oh, had he had those white <laughs> scary contact lenses? Yeah, and I, I was and like then... eight or nine or something. I've definitely <laughs> seen him before, but I was just this one look of him, and I was just like, oh, like fuck, he like it did something mm. to me that day. Damn, damn, big King Mabel scaring <laughs> yeah. the bejeebus out of uh, and baby then... Brimble. This is Brimble's baby boy. And then, he ended up, he? Then, he, and then he ended up scaring me again about seven years later when he with that big Daddy V character with his big fat tits out. I think that was even scarier. That's actually not true. I remember you being really into that character <laughs> and getting like a special custom standee made of him. <laughs> with slappable tits. <laughs> no, that was the mouse pad that you had. So you ordered one of those hentai mouse pads, but it was him upside down. And you, instead of the, the, the girls' movies, it was um, <laughs> Big Daddy V, Big Daddy V invertible mouse pads. Uh, speaking of Big Daddy V invertible mouse pads, uh, that's another sponsor oh, oh, cool. segment coming up. Uh, it's a new weekly segment. Uh, the Weekly Word Association, um, sponsored by Big Daddy V's fat titty mouse pads. Lie your hand on some Big Daddy V silicone. And relax whilst you click and troll people on the internet using your internet keyboard of destruction. From you, you can know. expand them to any size you want to, like that. Yeah, like life size too. Yeah, if you if you pay enough money, but like you know, it's like a special order. Just email them and they'll tell you how many mouse pads to order. It's probably like sixty nine <laughs> or something. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll put a code in the uh, in the wrap up at the end, or we'll post it somewhere. <laughs> On one of our websites later, because you know they they haven't paid us yet, so we probably shouldn't be even talk about them. I mean, I mean the um, code word is big tits, obviously. Yeah, yeah, big sweaty, big Vince likes big sweaty mantis. Big, yeah, this is the code. <laughs> um, so the new the new weekly segment is the Weekly Word Association, and it's really funny that um that Stoner Boy over here ate an entire tray of um brownies because now he gets to do his favorite thing. If, if, is he is he gets to react? Either. If I'd eaten a whole tray, I would not. This podcast would not even be recorded right now. This I podcast. ate a little bit. 
and I made I made really strong oils. Oh, oh bro, <laughs> I, look, dude, the assistant just told me that uh, Jesse ate the rest of those brownies, and he seemed really happy that he might actually come back. Oh, okay. All so right. maybe so I'll, he, make, I'll do a he, better batch. I'll make him. I'll make him some cake next time or something. <laughs> He said if you can infuse it with some Minnesotan beer and put it in a barrel, you can hold over right. his uh, his Deal. mighty bicep. All right. That, that's, that. that's what the notes that I'm being handed. Um, okay. But anyway, so are you ready for the weekly word association? We have six words here for you. Okay. Ill-prepared, your favorite thing to go in blind. Right. Thank you. Totally blind. No worries. How's this for a crazy attack? Yeah, cool, man. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Okay. So don't oh, get while, scared. While, while we're watching Jerry Lynn and RVD. Yeah. While we're watching Jerry Lynn and everything, don't get scared. But everybody's been talking about you and that group over there are kind of like pointing and when whispering. I'm pretty sure they said Elliot a few times. Oh. So don't get, don't get, don't, don't, okay. don't have a panic attack or anything. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone's against you. And um, <laughs> this is the weekly oh. word association. All right. I'm the, the fucking best. words. I'm not a horrible person. All right, okay. So, 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 number one, straight off the bat, nice easy one. Yeah. Wedges. Uh, the best dinner you can have when you're broke. <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's no. true. That's good. No, that's good. You're, okay, you're a right. witness to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I witnessed many broken, broken wedges. <laughs> broken wedges. Yeah, that's wow. totally what I, totally what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I I witnessed many broken days of you eating wedges uh, on that, and, and you would cook them on that fucking pizza tray that used to be mine. But you used it so much for wedges, it just I could never heat a pizza on it without it tasting like wedges. <laughs> <laughs> no, worries. it's like a magical wedge tray. Uh, okay, so number two, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Japanese beer. Oh. Asahi, two liter. Two liter can, big as my head, big as both heads. Yeah, many of those you used to uh, used to put them along your windowsill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> till they get to the end, like after three days. Three days. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, bad days, great days. Um, <laughs> I remember many a power bomb on your bed. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Number three, you ready for this one? All right, feeling yeah. feeling lively. Get get ready. Roll roll your mustache. You ready? Okay. The Iron Sheik. Oh, fuck. I have to come up with an impersonation on the spot now. Wrestle <laughs> Savage uh, podcast. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> that was the most horrible Sheik ever. He's never coming on the podcast. He's never going to be a guest. No. Nah. Oh fuck! Okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> number four. Number four. You ready for this? This ill-prepared list. Okay, you ready? Number four is the body. The sexual tyrannosaur, just like me. <laughs> I knew it. Um, all right, all right. You ready? Number five. <laughs> this is it. We're, 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 this is the, the semi-main. Number five is a word that I invented. <laughs> Pellion. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? You don't want to tell people about what a pelliot is? No, let's keep that secret. <laughs> Rare phenomena of pelliotism? Oh, no. Nah. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm right. moving on to the main event number six. Here we are in the new weekly segment. Let us know if you want this to continue. The weekly word association number six. Oh, what's this one? 
Terminator 3, you son of a bitch. Terminator <laughs> fucking 3. How about it? <sighs> Sorry, okay? <laughs> yes. My memory did not serve me very fucking well in that suggestion. Worst movie ever. Jesus fucking Christ. And I realize that ever. now. My you know, God. there's so many movies better than that. <laughs> Fortress 2, American Ninja 6, Toxic Crusader, fucking VHS number 2. About uh, three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain with Hulk Hogan as Dave Dragon. Dude, Dave Dragon, <laughs> Hulk Hogan is the best. Yeah. Dave Dragon, Hulk Hogan is the best. And somebody watched totally... that so much. <laughs> I used to love oh, that movie. Fuck. Uh, man, I, I rented Suburban Commando a whole bunch of times. Oh. When I was a kid, I, I fucking love that movie. Seeing the horrible Nanny. Hogan movies, I, I, used to, I used to think, love Mister Nanny as well. I don't know if I've ever watched that. Really? Oh yeah. Oh man, I don't know if I've ever watched Mister Nanny. We yeah. should do a watch along yeah. sometime. Yeah, yeah. Russell right. Savage, watch yeah. along, Mister Nanny. Oath. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Holy shit! <Definitely. laughs> I think I've got it. I've definitely got it. Oh man, I don't know if um. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if Jesse would appreciate that, having to sit there with that sellout Hulk Hogan. Who, well, we're probably screwed it out of the Something in, I suppose. <laughs> oh, sweet. Can we watch Keep Predator? Happy. Oh, fuck. Yeah, why not? Watch along Predator. We <laughs> have some special guests for that, too. Oh, man. Oh, 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 so much Arnold Schwarzenegger special yeah. guests. Just watch the map. Oh, there we go. Man, that could totally <laughs> happen. Man, that we is. can that, totally do that. That is a great idea. Um, Let us know if you want us to do these future episodes if you're listening. Message us. Yeah, tell us. Message tell us. us. Tell us. We should promote the podcast a little more so more people hear it and then they want to tell us things. Yes, to the, face, the, fa- the Facebook page is going to come along. Give once, us six to eight months. Logo. <laughs> six to eight months. Uh, give us, you know, uh, two and a half, three years. We'll start taking this seriously. Um, you know, I, I heard the podcast really going to kick off around episode 69. <laughs> 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 oh. Um. So oh, oh. I reckon. Yeah. We're gonna change, change it up a bit. Oh, change bit. it up a bit for this last bit. What's happening? So my, it's usually my uh, Australian mem- Australian wrestling memory story at the end here, but I want to know what yours is this time around. Oh. Whether you have whether you have a best or worst or anything like that, like. Oh no! What you can come up with this week? Hopefully, nothing about you shitting your nearly shitting your pants. That never happened to me. I never nearly shit or piss my pants. I only I only got horrifically injured by uh, one one eagle like character one time oh. and uh, vomited everywhere because he botched totally botched a freaking simple move and winded the absolute piss out of me. That could be that could be a story for you know episode sixty nine. We'll do that. Later. I'll call that I'll call that episode Bruiser Buries the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Jim Cornette. And that'll be on uh, on our OnlyFans. Yeah, that'll be on our OnlyFans episode sixty nine on the OnlyFans. Only nine 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 paper for pay per view free free sign up. Sign up to our Wrestle Savage only fans and get our nine ninety nine pay per views <laughs> directly in your DMs. Uh, episode sixty nine, where where we just get lit and just bury the universe for no reason. You get a photo with me in my underpants. <laughs> Fuck, really? Yeah, just in the DMs. 
<laughs> Damn. It's a bit of a welcome. It's just a bit of a welcome. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. I think this is all you're getting. <laughs> no soup for you. <laughs> okay, what was... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what have you got any good? All right, let's start this again. I know where we're going. All right. What is your best or worst moment? Can I do both? Or, or story, yeah, if you want. If it I ties think... in together, sure. Yeah. Well, I think um, the best and worst was my last forte into the wrestling world was was doing underworld wrestling. Yeah, all right. Talk about that. Let's do it. Okay. Well, I'll start with the worst because then I can go to the <laughs> best part, which is the best because there wasn't actually that much worst of underworld. Oh. I mean, I've got my my favorite, my best part of that. What was your favorite? I think oh, oh, I'm hoping you're going to bring it up. Oh well, one of my favorite one of my favorite moments that you've you've brought much much joy. Well, I didn't create the moment; it's the one that I think. But um, <laughs> you look, helped it. I I, it I booked it. I okay, crazy. Um, but look, uh, honestly, I think some of the worst parts of it was learning how little knowledge of the way a wrestling show operated and and worked financially a lot of the wrestlers who we were kind of depending on uh, were at the time of, of doing the, the company because that kickstarter that was the like that was the best thing because it, it rolled the company and like we we, we bankrolled a, a first show plus with you know our own investments on top of that we we bankrolled a show sold directly to the fans and mm-hmm. we i did something super fun with wrestling which you know you had an, a, a sort of a pardon because we had talked so much about hey let's what, what would something fresh be with wrestling and i sort of started coming up with all my reasonings for wanting to do what eventually became underworld yeah um but like yeah the worst part of that was the kickstarter made close to 10 grand after it paid out we had like eight and a half and to a lot of the guys that we had a lot of the people that were there they weren't they didn't really sadly they didn't really take the business side of wrestling seriously they just saw we had 10 grand they thought that was a lot of money and they they kind of wanted more yeah so we had a few experiences very early on and that's why we had dropouts in the roster early on was usually usually like they just had no conception of how business worked like it's like yeah I get it. You think we made 10 grand, but that's how much a show costs to actually have a professional camera crew come in and edit it. Not, you know, not like a hobby guy, not like a guy with, you know, he's filming wrestling on an iPhone or he's filming wrestling on a little camera or there's, you know, a wrestler, there's a rookie running around. Like we had professional paid proper camera crew, proper editing crew, proper gear. Um, I gave them a crash course in how I wanted wrestling to be filmed, which was great because I got a chance to, show that if you edit wrestling and you film wrestling well in a large ring, just even if it's guys that are a little unknown and you put something interesting on it, people will watch. Like you can still turn the fire on in wrestling. That was one of the best parts about doing Underworld. And like yeah, I said, the worst part was sort of the dropouts, the people who were like, oh, well, you've got 10 grand. I want you to pay me double or triple. And like we had a, a fair bit of that for whatever reason. Um and yeah. you know, like the and the the worst parts were a lot of it was just unfortunate. Like, um, then we never, I never really talked about it publicly because it's not my deal to trash people. I don't like to do the he said she said shit, you know. Yeah. Um, but there was like that's the situation with Sid getting 
um, knocked out. Those guys sort of just went <laughs> out there and they they drilled each other, and then he got knocked out. And you know, it was what it was. What it was. It's it it sucked at the time, and then he missed yeah. a couple of bookings, and he became really bitter, and he kind of. You know, it was like I was literally talking to him like he was a friend. We had a lot of faith in him and things were going to be, you know, kosher. And the, and he seemed to, at the, at the time, understand how much of a big deal getting on Amazon was and what it could do for someone's career being on the the biggest streaming platform or the second biggest streaming platform in the world at that point. It was a big opportunity. Yeah. Um, and it was like how quickly people forgot that was the worst part and how much they were just like, Oh, well you have 10 grand, give me money. And like, he was one of the first guys that was really like, you know, I went to his house. I checked in on him. Like I checked in on the hospital after he'd been there for, you know, you know, they were like, oh, I like a low, he had like a low concussion and he'll be fine. Yada, da, da, da. And I went and saw him and you know, I, I, I took over like, you know, peace offering and some foods and stuff and we chilled and hang and he was in great spirits. And then he lost a couple of matches and he, and I was like, Hey man, we're taking the dogs out. Cause you know, we both love animals. Yeah. And I text him one day like, Hey, we're taking the dogs out. And he's like, Oh, how about you fucking give me all this money? And I was like, are you okay, bro? I tried to call him and he hung up and I'm like, dude, what's going on? And he's like, Oh, I lost bookies cause of you. And I'm like, that's not really true. And then, yeah, he just, he was in a bad place for whatever reason. And, you know, that happens sometimes. And, you know, it's, it's legit the events that happened. There's no yeah. fucking fudgery. It just was a very unfortunate thing. He got very upset about it, I think. Perceived it to somehow be my fault, which is usually what people who can't take accountability for their own lives do, which meant that we couldn't depend on him. And that was some of the worst stuff that happened. There was similar situations like that. Yeah. with a couple of the guys um, and we went to great lengths to sort of patch it up and keep going but that became what was the best part um, let's end this podcast on a big happy of course but the best part of it <laughs> the absolute best part of it was I met so many great wrestlers and guys that did really get what we were doing and I got to book and work alongside guys like Jackson Kelly and um, Slade Mercer, who at that point were just so fucking good for what, what the selection was of pro wrestling in Australia, meaning there was it a lot of hot like They acts. understood your ideas and, and they could sort of use their strengths well, to, into that as well. The, the greatest like part... Yeah, well, the greatest part of it was like Jackson was everything you would want in a wrestler. Like I just said, this is what I see you as. Is this correct? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, can I book it in this way? What do you think? He's like, fuck yeah. I'm like, can you give me some promos? He's like, give me, you know, whatever it was. And like he lightning quick got a promo out. He got it. It was really nice filmed. He gave me everything I wanted and more. And he came in and he always put his worker boots on, you know, Seth Rollins trained graduate and just such a fucking phenomenal athlete. Uh, and just a real rugged beat em up kind of wrestler. He fit Underworld so so well. I just wish, I, I honestly wish we could have booked him more. I, I love that. And then, yeah, Slade was just an incredible thing because he had bought all this gear to debut because he wanted his character to look better than he was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were hanging out, and um, he's like, this promoter's sort of not, not really doing what I want. Or there was a situation where he felt that. He didn't want to debut this big flash gear. 
And like, we just shot the shit and I'm like, well, you know, I'm doing this, this cool mercenary thing with you. I really like what you're doing with, you know, with the slave mercer thing. And, um, that's where the whole, the idea from that just organically formed with like, I don't know where my idea started and, you know, uh, his, his idea ended, but like it all just merged and with Mark so well, we all just were on the fucking same page for that. Yeah. And to work with people, that get it creatively on that level is just incredible. And then like guys like Gino coming in and like, he was, he was kind of, man, I like this and there's so much hype. I want to be involved, but I I don't fully, he's like, I'm, I'm going to trust you. He basically got a point where he said to me and Mark, like, I'm going to trust you with this. You're fucking crazy. I don't know if this is going to work, but I trust you. Hmm. And then it got from that to, I fucking love you guys. This is so much fun. And, you know, we got that from Slade. And then there was the job guys who were really essential, like Simon Oath and um, Flickback Cash, who were completely new characters that I came up with. Yeah. And Flickback Cash is an you know, amalgamation of those, like, terrible kung fu movies and, like, uh, insane clown posse movies with the rhyming and, like, those detective movies from the 70s and the 80s with those awful names and they play the trumpets and dolomite and all that and it's just all squeezed into that so you knew how much fun i was having with that yeah. <laughs> and the guy that was playing with that character who i think he wrestles as kaz jordan or now he's gone to perth and he's just killing it there just like he's good really good talent but like he was so much fun to book because he just wanted to genuinely have fun and i could feed him some lines and you know, we played the every time he said his name and just, i had so much fun with that and Simon Oath was just me and Mark came up with such a funny character based on some silly people that we had sort of met around Melbourne. We were like, you know what? This is like, it's a weird polarizing dead shit. It's like, we came up with this weird kind of like, if the idea was to have a dead shit who is like your mate, Simon Oath, you know, the VB drinking, having a slap. His dad was an old wrestler and like, <laughs> He he just you know grew up a bit of a, uh, a neglected rebel boy and like his his dad used to wrestle in the underworld and he got crippled and he was in the in the underworld to uh, to sort of find what happened because it had gone public and he was like oh I'm going down dad I'm gonna make you proud and his dad's were like we had like a whole thing where his dad was gonna be like a really grumpy guy you know his back was fucked he was in a chair and then he's gonna be like I and he he found out towards the end of like uh, the the pyro. Um, had injured, you know, his dad taking him out of wrestling, and that's why Pyro had been right. banned from Underworld. That was a big story that arc that yeah. I was really loving, and like that was just incredible fun to do. And like, uh, like I wish I could have could have done more with it. Um, and then there's working with guys like um, Crackerjack in a positive way, and I mean that in the sense of I don't always see eye to eye with his version of wrestling, and that's fine. Um, yeah. But when Sid did the piece of shit thing and just like abandoned us, which is legitimately what happened, there's no word of a lie there. His work, his his events of it can be whatever he wants, and that's fine. If he ever wants to come on the podcast and talk, we can we can have a talk because we can accommodate. Because the the truth of the matter was like we didn't work out for whatever reasons. There, he didn't like what happened, and he was. Not ple- not pleasure, not a pleasure to do business with, and I'm, we were in the business of doing business, of bettering wrestling, of trying to do you know good things, and that was just a whole vibe that just didn't jet with us. And we had all these other really great wrestlers at the time 
that wanted to be there, that knew what it was, and they were putting their effort. And one of those guys was Mitch Waterman. Oh, yeah. And to be able to pair him with Benny English, who... (laughs) Benny English is one of the biggest legends of Australian wrestling, up there with a lot of the movers and shakers who, in what I would perceive to be the dark ages of wrestling, was doing what I would perceive to be the modern age of wrestling. They were doing something that a lot of people couldn't do. And they were putting on quality wrestling. They were an NWA affiliate. They had, you know, Scrap Iron and Colt when they were hot. Uh, they put a lot of guys on the map, yeah. guys who then have gone on to do great things like Broderick and um, Adam Brooks. You know, they really, they really helped um, sort of pave the way. And that was really, you know, really great to have Benny around because you'd be bouncing ideas off him and around him and then sort of seeing how he creates his stuff and the way that Mitch just Mitch Waterman is just such a great wrestler but not only that he has the it factor like the superstar factor he's got like a cocky heel that could be a baby face you know and he could he could play both and I'd seen him in the tag team the Brat Pack which is a phenomenal tag team a great pairing by the boys that were doing MCW at the time and just phenomenally well booked tag team very cool with uh, Avery, the hottest fuck chick with the, the, the little shorts kind of being a total. They were they were brats. And it was like Dennis the Menace meets AFL kind of Yoblo culture. And like seeing Mitch doing that, I was just like, this fucker's a star. Like, <laughs> so getting to do stuff with him and he just, whatever, yeah, he just head down, did what you said kind of deal. He was just happy to be used. And we like had so much fun just going, okay, this is what we're going to do this week. And just, he had so much fun doing it. And we had that really crazy big gauntlet match with, um, you know, all the, all the different run-ins just went for ages. Yeah. Um, which was a plan from day one, which I wanted to do, you know, like all of it coming together, man. I could talk forever, but um, I'll just quickly go back to, um, so when um, Sid kind of, you know, fucked off and let us down, Cracker Jack came in for, for Mark because they're quite close. Um, he was like, you know, oh, Sid, he's like, Sid seems pretty pissed off, whatever, whatever happened there. Cause you know, Sid was stinky about it. Um, what he perceived to have happened and cooler heads prevailing on the other side was like, well, what the fuck do we do? Uh, you know, we were, cause we were out a guy that was able to be our ears backstage and go, this is what all the guys are doing in their matches, the guys and girls. Right. And crackers really stood, came up there and really helped us. So like he like agented and became like our sort of backstage liaison guy. And so it was good because he came in with a great attitude of this is what you've given me on a sheet. It's professionally prepared. And he would ask a question, do a couple of notes. Me and Mark would talk to him and then he would talk to everybody else where he could. And a lot of, a lot of the guys didn't need it. Some of the guys just needed to tell him to tell Mark or me, you know, it was like, it was just a great, there was just so much fun and like camaraderie that actually happened in that time that like yeah. the small, the small things like the, you know, the small, pro- the small problem that happened with Sid and that unfortunate event. Um, I know you think which it's hilarious. Which always gives me a laugh. Yeah. Just so. I mean, the, if you watch the, <laughs> if you watch the clothesline, it's brutal. And if you like brutal botches, <laughs> then, you know, it's, it's, it's hilarious. But at the same time that happened on my, on my watch and I, I, I can't take pleasure in seeing a fellow wrestler get drilled. And like, that's a scary thing when yeah. someone you give a fuck about 
you know, I gave a fuck about him, man. Like, you know, the person he used to be, the person I used to know, gave a fuck about him. Um, and that was a scary moment. So, yeah, as fucking hilarious as Nasty Bumps. So I've happened to someone I was disassociated with exactly the same. I laughed my ass off, but I lived yeah. through that. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, I can't. I can't say it was, you know, or horrible or anything, but like, no, and like I have long-term friends from that now too, like yeah. some really good long-term friends. And this is a crazy thing. So everybody thought we had all this money. Uh, we actually had an angel investor in the end who was a fan who always wanted to be anonymous and they ended up paying our camera crew and editing budget. And that was the, uh, that was how we floated by and had such good, good quality yeah. um, segments and even the, the the camera crew guy, at the end, we basically had run out of money and we owed him a couple of hundred bucks and he just let it slide for ages. And then I wrote to him one day and I was like, hey, man, you know, everything going okay? Because I wanted to make sure that we didn't have any loose ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, you know what? I've realized that you got to pay us a bit of money, but I understand how the company closed, you know. I've left it too long and puts like the winky face. I'm like, you sir are such a, a, a fucking gentleman. So it was like, we, we went in and out without really losing too much money. And then the money that would have put us in the red that was finally left on the account, he let it slide because he loved doing it so much. And he'd always wanted to film wrestling. He filmed wedding and did yeah. madman trailers, you know, and, and I would get to go to this house, this guy's house. And uh, he edited, he lived and edited in the house that was on the back of the office that was their studio. And he was a real grinder. And I mean that in the sense of one of our episodes was late because he fell asleep at the wheel of his car driving between, you know, work because he worked himself into, into an oblivion. And that was another thing that happened in that journey of underworld. That was really scary because I genuinely, fucking loved Paul. He was such a great dude, such an awesome person to work with and really help with the vision of what I wanted. I wanted these guys to have. And that the main thing was I wanted the wrestlers at Underworld to have a good payday and a match that looked professional. And, and I had all the elements around us to help. And we had guys like Muhammad Ali Vaez who had done TV for OVW and they were able to give such great knowledge and I was able to go to their fucking houses and sit in their lounge room and they opened their doors and their minds to me and we sat there and talked and talked like it was such a positive experience for me and you know I, you know I love fucking wrestling you could keep talk talking. About it all, right? I could talk forever about it yeah that's it man that's like the best and worst of Aussie wrestling if you're gonna ask me honestly was was the underworld wrestling trip it was yeah that was fucking incredible, man. And like for the few shitty moments that there were, and there's conflict in life, you can't deny it happens for the few shitty moments there were, it was a shiny diamond for me mm-hmm. because it was, a, it was a fucking success. It did everything I wanted. I wanted to be on a national streaming service. The Twitch wanted to give us partnership before we even existed, before our crowdfunding goal was even done. They wanted to have meetings with us. People were like, Oh, we want to put it on this streaming service. And, and then, the, the prime deal happened and yeah. it's like, holy goddamn fucking shit. Check this out. I put an idea together and it's better than everybody else's fucking idea. If let's just do wrestling, let's get a ring. And then we'll have this guy versus this guy. Cause it'll be a good match. I was like, no, it's got structure and booking scale. And I took all my applied knowledge and I got to show to people my vision and fucking for me, that'll always stand the test of time. And I, if you can find underworld wrestling and you want to watch it, it's no longer on, 
the network of uh, Amazon Prime, but it, it is on some streaming services around the world still, and it's out there. So if you can find it, if you can't, hear me up. I'll fucking send it to you. I'm very proud of what we did and you know, the people that worked on it. There's some segments that are, aren't the best, I'll admit, but once we hit our stride and sort of got rid of some of those negative elements, it was the most fun I've ever had in my life. With wrestling, I'll never look back at it through a skewed lens if it was yeah. bad. You know, because fucking hell, man, we met. Um, yeah, sorry to keep going. This is key to keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, like we've been watching the ICW, and then fucking next minute, I'm at a bar with my birthday, drinking with the X World Champion DCT, and he's like, oh, "I emailed these guys, and they kind of blew me off. I don't think they know who we are. Uh, who I am? I go, I only fucking know who you are because my housemate loves Grado." <laughs> He's like, oh, you know, and then I'm like, all right, we'll book you on your sitcom. And like meeting him and getting to have fun with him and him doing the coked up fucking crazy Irish journeyman kind of implied thing. And just, that was just goddamn, dude. It was such a fun time. All those people were so amazing. Like, like I only hope that they can chuckle and fucking look back at some of those times and flying by the seat of their pants, putting that show together as fun. Because, man, I had a fucking ball. Fuck. Yeah, I wish I was sort of around. <laughs> well, you could have been. Could have been. Yeah. Excellent Elliot Brimble <laughs> was a great gimmick. And on the next podcast, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about my, uh, my new weekly segment next week coming at you. I'm going to read from my jobbers list. I'm going to read from my fucking fake gimmicks okay. jobbers yeah. list. <laughs> and you get, you get some treasures in there, including uh, Mason, if you're listening, Thunder Steakhouse. <laughs> now that's a gimmick. <laughs> oh, can't wait. And more. We got we got our big pa- uh, we got our big Raven pay per view. Raven and Pooh. Yeah, that's gonna that's gotta happen for that soon. We got to get that group chat going. Yeah, and that's and that's all I got. And we've we got to get the we've got to get the demand. Tell us what you want to hear. Speak to us. Please, <laughs> we do. We 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 do like in, yeah, involving ourselves with our listeners. And like yeah, do input. do do let us know. Just tell us if it's if it's good, if it's bad, if we should be thrown off the air. If you <laughs> if you want to come on and uh, talk about your perception of our tales, because they are tales in the end. We're just looking through our own lens. Yeah. But do do enjoy the podcast otherwise to our fucking 17 million listeners out there. Fuck. Gone down a bit since last week, but... Yeah, I I, I don't know. People don't like Jesse for some reason. I don't know. Maybe if uh, some people get to slam and jam at Coyote's uh, rib... Hit me up. Rib and wings place or whatever. Yeah, whatever. yeah. The, the giant Coyote's rib, rib and wing... Uh, rib and fried chicken <laughs> shack. <laughs> Just do hit me up about that because, like, we got codes for that. Yeah. All right. And on that note, so you what boys... are the codes? What are the codes? Actually? Oh, the codes. Oh, oh, well, I'm supposed to just send them out as messages, but I mean, like, does it really matter? Oh, I guess not. Uh, one is <laughs> um, code whiz around the corner. Yeah. And uh, the other one is uh, lay them in ribs. <laughs> Oh, of course, and you can get um, you can get thirty percent off your triple uh, deep fried um, donut bun Parmigiana uh, burger. You get thirty percent off 
if uh what was that code Elliot? do you remember uh five men slim jim <laughs> i think that was it five men slim jim yeah yeah 30 percent off the uh ultra fried whatever i said before <laughs> <laughs> we, we 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 finally love you big josh Hope you're having fun wherever you are, rocking a dad hat. Oh, man. And on that note, <laughs> I'll catch you later. See you next week. <laughs> See you later. Well, let me tell you something, Arnold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be there next week. Yeah, totally. Yeah, for the girly man, that little Kevin Sullivan-looking Elliot Brimble huh, with his hey, stupid beard. my cocaine? <laughs> oh, shit. Shit. Oh, See man. you next Lisa. week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.